Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 153. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sineski. Hello. Hello there. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Absolutely. We appreciate you having us with us. Or we appreciate having you with us. That's the one I meant to say. Having us with you. Having us with you. You slept here. Please be praised. Yeah, I'm still waking up. I so, had a bunch of coffee, but this is still... Uh... I wish we had some of our koozies here. Oh, yeah. So I ordered uh, shirts. What else? Koozies. Uh, business cards and koozies. The shirts and business cards came out just fine, um, and Ryan will tell you about why that is in just a moment. Um, but I also ordered, um, okay, I guess, the, okay, so the shirts and the business cards came quickly, no problem, perfect. Simple. Simple. The Super koozies nice. came yeah. a week later. They're from the same company, different sub-brand, and the, the koozies were supposed to be full-color printed carbitrage Do you? Do you, have, do you have the photo Logos. that you sent me? Uh, I can pull it up on yeah. Facebook here and put that? it on the screen. Um, so they were supposed to be full-color inkjet white koozies with our logo, and then Carbitrage Podcast underneath it. Uh, the ones that were sent were black and white. Yes. And they had taken the text out of the image file. The logo file I have has the text in it. They somehow deleted the text out of the image file and made their own, and it said the Carbitrage Prodcast. Not podcast, podcast. Not podcast, but prodcast. <laughs> so no, I, I bet. Uh, they, they didn't even choose like the same font. They it was they chose close, like but yeah, the world's wasn't... worst Helvetica knockoff. Where did I post that? Was it Instagram? It, no, on the Carbitrage Podcast it, Facebook. Th- that was me actually. I posted that. Okay. Yeah. So right. if you're on the Carbitrage, the Carbitrage Podcast, or if you if look you're an it audio up, listener, podcast, head on over to the Carbitrage Podcast Facebook page and check it out. However, if you are a video viewer, there you go. So that's what we ended up getting, <laughs> and uh, it's not great. It looks like Pac-Man being murdered by a Lego. I think somebody said that. Yeah. And it, also, it says Podcast. <laughs> and so it's, if it's you off want, center too. Which is beautiful. I have, yo, God, it's bad. <laughs> so I have a hundred of these things. A few of them are spoken for. But I if think... you'd like a really shitty koozie, but a name brand koozie, uh, <laughs> let me know. We might be able to work something out, especially if you're local to us. So You know what? We will have these at the auto show. We will bring them with. So Do if you, you come to the auto show, we'll give you five. I, yeah, we'll actually give you one. If you come see us at the auto show, which you were supposed to get back to me. On the exact I know, time. I've, I've been looped in, and I'm just like, she's like, no later than Friday. And, and I'm like, email, like, Saturday morning, like. No, I, Friday, like, <laughs> 11 o'clock. Like, I wait, I gave her the whole damn day. Like, it was 11 o'clock. This is not a reasonable time to tell anybody anything at this point. And that's why I emailed her. I'm like, so when are we going to be on? Yeah, so we, we know the date on which we're going to be there, but we do not know the time slot yet. I will make 100% sure that. I will post a video onto Facebook and just light up Facebook and all of our social media about that. Hopefully um, we find out today or something. That'd be great. Yeah, it would be wonderful. <clears throat> I'm sure we're going to probably find out Thursday morning. But yeah, anyway, that's uh, that's our plan. We're sticking to it. So we'll, yes. we'll be there. We'll let you know via our social media pages. I could even post up like a short quip on the podcast feed. But so we'll let you know when that is. Hey, what yeah. beer are you drinking? I am drinking Ann Hams. Ann Hams? You're Ann drinking Ann Hams? I have an old style. Which is a great name. Yes. So we were talking about, on the last episode of the podcast, how great old style was. Have you tried it, like, in recent memory? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, without a doubt, the best cheap beer. Yeah. 
Mm. It's up there That's for so sure good. for cheap beers. It's it's got, it's like maltier than your normal like, yeah. hams. Or it does have anything. definitely more substance to uh, to it than most cheap beers. It's got it's weirdly got like a higher gravity. So it's got like a porterish. Uh, yeah, Cicerone's back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I actually really really like uh, Old Sal. This is without a doubt my favorite cheap beer. I'm surprised no koozie. I'm slipping. I left it at your house on Thursday. Well, I have a bunch of them in the drawer over there. Well, they don't say podcast. They don't say podcast, but mine says IBM on it. That's and pretty it's cool. Very dirty. Yeah, but it's really rags. It says IBM. Anyway, uh, before I get into topics, I want to click quick plug Patreon. our Patreon page. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. On that page, you will find a lazily graphically designed uh, carbitrage funding layout that has two monthly contribution levels. They are recurring. And they are open-ended, but uh, basically what those do is they directly support us with your funds to allow us to buy things like beer for the show. In the future, hopefully we get to the point where it'll um, start funding us uh, trips so we can go out to fun shows and report on those for you. But uh, in the meantime, head on you know, over and check it out. Now that we have had, now we have merch, we can give some of that stuff away to our patrons, I think. Yeah, so I gave Scott his shirt so far. I think I gave you and Jana yep, well, we, shirts. Yep, we, well, we aren't patrons or so <laughs> right um but yeah we do have a carbitrage shirt um it's black it, it is carbitrage in the corner it does it's non-offensive it's you very can basic but actually wear it to work which you is you can yeah that's what i like about it <laughs> there's no middle finger on it there's yeah. no mercy twingo it doesn't say in the future we'll have a little more oj did stuff. and so can you it doesn't say anything like that like it's an adult t-shirt which is really nice because i've got a bunch of really awesome shirts <laughs> oh, that man. i cannot wear to work I hear you. And so it's like I can like still rep like carbitrage. And I you know, it's one of those things where like if drive well, cartel like and the basic one here. Yeah. It's just like oh it's a logo on your boob. And yeah. that's it. Like my only Japanese nostalgia car shirt I can wear is my made in the eighties Love by the Ladies one because it's got a van on it. It's van related. Like and I work on vans all damn day. I guess that's fair. So yeah, <clears throat> having a good Carbitrage shirt is a good thing. How much uh, do you? What is the monthly rate to be able to get the t-shirt given to? Uh, I think it's our higher level. So it's our higher level. Four or yeah. five dollars a month. But honestly, at this point, if you've been with us even at the lower level for a year, I would probably. If you're one of, if you're one of the you. founders, yeah. yeah. If you're a founder, come, come talk to us. Because we're not we'll... trying to lose money on you, but we're fine with breaking even on you. Yeah. And like, that's essentially a year of contribution is what my cost on the shirt was. So, yeah, and that, I think the thing here is that um, we really aren't doing this to make money. No, because we really don't. Yeah, no, we're doing this because we like it. Like, you have your job. I've got my jobs mm-hmm. to make money. <clears throat> my automotive thing to make money is writing. Like, th- this is just because I actually enjoy doing it. Um, and that's fabulous. My my YouTube channel is still able to pay for it entirely, which is good for now. So That is actually pretty cool. I don't have to think about it. Uh, did you want to do the first topic? Yes, I did. Let's so, talk about it. I'm sure you saw this because you know, follow a bunch of car-related pages and whatnot. Actually, no, I didn't. Okay, so there was a huge thing. You know, Somebody, they take their car in for service and a tech takes it home and wrecks it or something like that. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. So okay. with this guy, he lives in New Zealand. He's got a Ferrari 456 GT. It had a bad B12, and he decided to rotary swap it. Because he lives in New Zealand, yes. Exactly. It's just like living in Puerto Rico. There's also like one of the last surviving Mazda GLCs in the background on that photo. Anyway, <laughs> so this guy posted online saying that Ferrari sent him a cease and desist because he was putting a rotary engine in his ancient used Ferrari. 
nobody Not only cares. that, the headline um, said, Ferrari sent me a CND, and I apologize. But it was like, engineering man in New Zealand, blah, blah, blah. Came to light, dude was full of shit. And Ferrari actually issued a statement saying that we never sent any cease and desist to this guy. What? So now he's just a total prick. That sucks. With a shitty old Ferrari with the wrong engine in it. I mean, it's a very... this. I was a big fan of this until that happened. How much horsepower does this Ferrari normally make? Mm, the 456 GT probably made like 380 to 400. That's an engine that's on the very cusp of being able to put a flathead in it. Oh, for God's sake. No. <laughs> uh, I guess there aren't any other photos of the car. There is a YouTube video where we're not playing What do these look like with the headlights on? Because those are flip-up headlights, right? Yes, they did. So the, they actually look really stupid without the pop-up headlights up. Yeah, they kind of just remind me of a... They're too smooth. It's like a C5 almost. Yeah, it it looks like a Ferrari C5. So, yeah, with the headlights closed, not so great. It's whatever. see if I can find one with the lights up. I kind of like this because I know it's the cheapest, dumbest Ferrari. Yeah, and it it does have a very good engine. This was actually, I think... Why don't you just type in headlights on? (laughs) Like, that just make it all much easier. Headlights. There we go. There we go. Oh, okay. It It looked like um, the... Uh, 850. Yeah, kind of. Yep. So, and this is an open headlight one. I'm not sure if that was just a later thing or exactly what, but yeah, the the pop-up headlights on, that actually doesn't look too bad. It looks much better with pop-up headlights on. And of course, this one doesn't have a front clip, just has a bash bar. And it's also silver, so nobody cares. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, nobody cares about the car. This is a car nobody cares about. Exactly. Well, this is really cool until (laughs) until he got a cease and desist. Well, he he didn't, though. The guy's just a wank stain trying to get more... Allegedly had a cease and desist. I mean, what a great way to get more people to look at your project, though. That is a very good point. By lying. So there's also another guy that's way cooler in New Zealand, and he's got a Toyota Cressida. Okay. With a 1GZ V12 on individual throttle bodies. Very cool. That guy's way cooler. Okay. I just wanted to that's, say that. That's so fine. You don't I agree. To, you don't have to so think about that guy. Google that guy and then go click on his project instead. Exactly. Um, so speaking of Cressidas, mm-hmm. they're almost impossible to find with a manual transmission. I didn't know they ever sold one with a manual. The first, I think... Two generations, maybe three. Really? Yeah, my generation was uh, for sure did not have any hmm. manual option, but you can drop one in. I'm wondering, so that was my segue, but what I was looking at all week because I didn't look at this <laughs> This whole thing is we've had a flathead in the shop at work and I've been trying, I've just been like immersing myself in flathead stuff. Sure. Trying to figure out what I'm working with here. Um, and we successfully made it run, so I apparently did my job correctly. Um... <laughs> So I just kind of wanted to buy something with a flathead in it, and it's like they're really difficult to find. <laughs> they are. I mean, I think a lot of that's just due to the age. It is. Yeah, it's age, and then on top of it, well, actually, they're very easy to find for $30,000, and I refuse. But a running driver? I mean, the newest one is 70 years old. So That's true. There aren't I a found, lot of mid Actually, cars. I found one in Mankato, mm-hmm. uh, Shoebox Mercury. Is that that 49 you sent me? Yeah, the silver one. Mm-hmm. No, 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 that's a different that's one. bluish. I thought no, that, that was a different one. Okay. Uh, no, this one's actually a running driver. It's 10 grand. Um, it's complete car. It just has, it's silver with really unattractive flames on the front. However, the flames are only on the hood and fenders and grill, so you can easily take it just off. Just front clip it. Yeah, just put it, just <clears throat> repaint the front clip. But um, I think flatheads should have power glides. That's the thing. This car actually had a automatic. It wasn't the power glide. It was whatever the Ford version was. And I'm, like, not bothered by that just because the fact that 
it's ten grand for a functional flathead Mercury. That's a very good deal. Yeah, if it's not rotten and it runs. Yeah. So I'm wondering, is there a car that exists that you want hard enough, or that's hard enough to find, and you want it bad enough to accept the automatic version over a manual? Uh, so a car that's offered with both versions? Yes. And is there one where it is so hard to find a manual that you're willing to just go, all oh. right, fine, it's auto, I'll keep it that way? I misread your prompt, so this kind of threw me for a loop. Yeah. It, it's, I read it as, is there a car out there that's only available as an auto that you want bad enough to buy it? Well, that is another version. But, I mean, originally, hmm. is there one where there is a manual version? Manual version is entirely unattainable, so you'll just accept the automatic. Does that exist? Because I know for me, there's two cars that are like that. While you're thinking about that, Shoebox Mercury, of course. Um, and then also the RT40 Corona. Because I've found a ton of them that are automatic. I've seen one manual for sale. And yeah. <clears throat> I would love to have a manual, but like, I also just really want a Corona. So I'll take it automatic and just live with it. Yeah, my answer on that one is no. No? Is there a car that's automatic only that you... Yeah. What, yeah. what I would was, I was be? prepared for that. All right, what, what would that uh, be? Rolls-Royce Phantom short wheelbase. Hmm. Wasn't sold with a manual, but I want one a lot. Why? That's awesome. Okay. You can flex on poor people and rich people. That would actually be a perfect car for your neighborhood. That'd be Street really... Park a Phantom? Yeah. Right next to the trap house? <laughs> you need to do that. Oh, we'll do it. How yeah, much are sure. they? Uh, you can get a pretty nice one for high 60s used. Yeah, I would do that. Mm-hmm. So that's the plan. That would be really, really, really funny. Very fine. Um, but anyway, a Phantom is probably my only call there. I was thinking things like... The R129, but then I'm like, oh, wait, no, you could get a manual in that. I um, I know there's a lot of cars that are automatic only that I really want. I mean, pretty much any Crossetto right there. Like, I opened up with that. And pretty much any Mercedes. Just Yeah, just about any Mercedes. Um, the Toyota, the newest generation Toyota Sienna, I'd accept. The RAV4 V6, I would accept. Actually, GR Supra is pretty far up that list, too, I suppose. But I would manual swap it. That's the thing. That's the thing, yeah. The, I wouldn't just accept it with an automatic. And I think my other issue with the GR Supra is I really want it to... I want them to be about 10 years old before I'm willing to say that I'm willing to buy one. Sure. Because, frankly, I just... I'll be honest, I don't entirely trust the long-term reliability of it. No, it'll be fine. Well, Unless you buy the shitty four-cylinder one, well, which no, guys run for the hills. Well, that, that's the thing is, I just... With BMW not being truthful about their automatic transmission service intervals... Um, the issues that they're having with their other engines, I just don't have entire confidence that they haven't found a way to fuck with this engine <laughs> to make it worse. That's probably well-founded. And th that's my only reason. Like, I, I have, if this is a 10-year-old version of this engine, like, if this but is... But Toyota's this is, writing the service manual for the Supra, not BMW. But, I mean, it's still, they're working with BMW. And they also, Toyota, we should also note that when they made the BRZ, that has, up until recently, gone very well, and now it's begun to go very poorly for people so it's one of those things where i just I, I don't know if i've got faith in that like i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to sit that one out for a few years that's fine so, plus they'll uh, get cheaper hopefully they sell enough of them where they you know flood the market in 10 years and we can pick one up on the cheap because i am confident despite this question that i could manual swap one pretty easily and i think that that is a very appealing car it'd be better if it was a two plus two yeah, then it should be a Supra. Right. Now it's just the world's worst 2000 GT replacement. 
I don't fuck, well, okay, yeah, it's way worse than a 2002 <laughs> T. That's an unfair comparison, though, <laughs> if we're honest. That's the, what's another Toyota front engine, rear-wheel drive, inline-six, two-seater? Um... It's a 2000 GT. Fine, fine, It's a fine, 2000 GT. Fine. It's a very poor 2000 GT fine. replacement. Great car, poor 2000 <laughs> GT replacement. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. So, you've heard about this coronavirus deal, right? Yes. I think it's beer-born or something. I haven't looked into it. But... Uh, yeah. I, all I know is I just made a lot of money on Friday because of it. <laughs> God, I don't even want to know. Stock trading. Oh, okay. There, we, had, we had a... a um, like all stocks went down like ten percent, so like hmm. a bunch of super expensive stocks I wanted to buy were suddenly attainable, and then so they you bought a bunch of socks. Or? Yeah, it, I bought um, socks. <laughs> yeah, socks. Uh, Virgin Galactic, weirdly enough, because uh, they took hmm. they, their stock got uh, or their yeah their credit got downgraded right before coronavirus came out, like last week. Sure. So yeah, while everybody else was busy losing their shirt, I made like twenty five dollars on a total of $497 invested. My uh, 2019 tax return is almost ready to be filed. I'm just waiting for my YouTube 1099. But I got asked independently by my financial planner, which happens to be a company owned by my parents, if I would like to buy BMW stock because it had gone way down that day. I'm hmm. like, no, because I don't want to encourage anything that this company is currently doing. Yeah. Like, it must be nice being able to be an activist <laughs> investor. I'm like sitting here, I'm like... I'm like, uh, yeah, suddenly I have a, a conscience. <laughs> anyway, um, wow, that's that's a bit of a tangent. But anyway, I want to talk about the slightly corona. Actually, it's fully corona related. Um, we were getting ready to cover the Geneva Auto Show, which is happening next week, which yes. has been canceled now. Because of coronavirus. They've canceled the entire Geneva Auto Show. Thank God, because, yeah, <laughs> like the Alps is just full of coronavirus right now. Great. Yeah. But anyway, that means we're not going to see a bunch of reveals, at least at the auto show proper. And the one that I was actually looking forward to was the second-gen Fiat 500e, the third-gen Fiat would, 500. That would have been very cool, yes. However, we're not getting it. So my razzle-dazzle is a bit limited on that Oh, one. did Mike Manley actually put the kibosh on that? Uh, on the reveal? No, no, on the actual... Oh, we're not getting it in the States. That's stupid. But, yeah, I mean, it's apparently the coronavirus is a big deal, even though it's worth mentioning... That the number, the mortality rate of this thing it's worldwide, flu, it's, yeah. it's it's lower than it has been too in the last two weeks. Like it's it's a bell curve, and we're on the way back down. Yeah, we're gonna be fine. So I mean, screw that one guy in China that like ate a, I forget how it started. Like ate a frog or something like that. That was what? infected. It, it it happened from something that should never have happened. <laughs> like he he did something really. I think it was way worse than eating a frog. I think it was like have sex with a frog. Something like that. That's yeah. Super weird. Yeah. I, like, didn't I don't know if he keistered the frog or something, but like it, it was Armageddon. It was transferred via something that is illegal between some animal and some person. So that's why the coronavirus started. Oh. Anyway, Geneva's canceled. We'll fill you in on what Worth they, waiting. 2020 compact SUVs. Nothing. That's not worth waiting. But anyway, I think it'll be next week during our live show when we can cover a little bit of the Geneva stuff because I know Porsche is planning to do some online reveals of the stuff that they were going to do with the show. We don't care about Porsche because all well, I make is Maersk container I was, ships. I was going to say, what are they going to do? Make another like super tanker? I mean, yeah, apparently there's a, a new bigger than the Emma Maersk coming. How? I don't know, but I think that's going to be like the Turbo GTS or something like that. 
It's going to like sink into the earth because it weighs so much. Yeah, it's going to displace so much water when you put it into the thing that the sea level is going to rise and it's going to melt the glaciers faster. Porsche, raising the sea level. Stop being so carbon pro. <laughs> oh, I didn't even turn on the capture thing here. Uh, this is the thumbnail for that. It was actually kind of hard to find coverage on this from an automotive outlet, so I picked a CNN business article. Which oh, is weird. Strange. But anyway, yeah, Geneva's canceled for this year, so stay tuned for updates. You know, uh, yeah, other than the Fiat 500, there's nothing that excited me that I've heard about. I mean, um, maybe there was something that they were keeping silent, but... I'm sure there was. It wasn't like last year where I got, like, super let down by the Hispanic Suiza and got super let down by the Bugatti. <laughs> like, Just crushing is, disappointment for it was Ryan. It the exact same car. <laughs> and I, end up being, I, I try really hard to be excited, and they made, like, the Hispanic Suiza have, like, this, like, weird, like spruce goose like hood ornament that looked like a, an erection it was awful and it didn't have any of the things that made hispano suiza great yeah it was ev actually nothing it was just the name um that was a reference to all of their pre-war aeronautic <laughs> references and building techniques um so actually speaking of europe mm -hmm. i've known this for a while and i've been keeping it secret but if you want a dirt cheap twingo mm -hmm. you go to germany Oh, yeah. If you want anything dirt cheap that you can't have but you can have with the import rule, you go to Germany because they're left-hand drive and they're two of maintained. Yeah. So, anyway, like 100 bucks all day long, you can find Twingos constantly. Now, Lot McMahon should ruin this for me. So, <clears throat> now I have to actually jump on this before people start getting wise to that fact and start importing all the Twingos. I also saw this before Jalopnik picked it up. Yeah, I was actively Reddit. looking for a Twingo, like... For a while, like I've known about this, but so I just... we really have to get Japlopnik going then. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, like I've been I've been actually like actively looking for Twingos, um, and it's just one of those things where I really wanted to buy a house beforehand, mm -hmm. and I don't want people to just artificially blow up the cost on Twingos because I don't want to spend a penny more than like thirty two hundred dollars on one. Yeah, that's probably bare minimum for one with import and everything. Yeah, but that's how much it would be, and I mean, I'll be able to get one from Germany for that price, like. It doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be a Twingo. Like, that would, would be a whole top rank to bring it in or somebody else? I would, I would try to, yeah, if at all possible. I mean, if it was top rank, I'd go a little bit higher because I know that they're actually going to do some more research than I would. So <laughs> Brian would be over there just, like, bang-shifting a Twingo for, like, two weeks. Like, this is great. <laughs> I get <laughs> Decides why. Decides to keep it. <laughs> yeah, I, I get this. Like, we, we have to go get another who one. Who needs a GTR? I could have a Twingo. They, like, build a metal... <laughs> rack and like put two hood to hood in the container so they can double up <laughs> it'd be so adorable when they unpack it oh, i'd be wonderful i'd be the cutest but anyway that'd be the cutest needs a twingo yeah like actually i like really want one because they get like super good fuel economy you could park them anywhere you guys could get a his and hers twingo set then they'd make a pink one and they make a blue one. Oh my god that would be adorable that'd be the are best you assigning driveway. gender roles to a twingo uh, apparently okay cool so here i am um <laughs> but yeah i mean like you can get like really cool ones like even like rare trim level ones you can get so i mean this one's the one that they're showing in the jalopnik article is kind of a, a shitty one um but you can find like a good twingo like a really really good twingo for like under a thousand dollars like the best one in the world will run you three grand before import so like if you have six grand you gotta get one with the 90s like bus fabric seats though yeah so yeah those <clears throat> usually go for about 500 to 1700 well, i assume it was some edition right it was a special those? edition uh it was a really common because it made like 30 special editions so it wasn't special gen. is what you're saying no it was because each one like, they made like 500 of like okay. each 
seat fabrics, like very, very minimal amounts of these. But they I made sure the uh, the manufacturer of the seats just like going through their stockpile of yeah. like fabric bolts. Uh, this one, like, and this one, we can do it at least uh, cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> but they we'll did take a, them. They had a really cool one where it was a teal car with a blue and teal interior with I love it. polka dots. Uh, polka dots. Polka dots. Polka. <laughs> I hope that since this is from Germany, it's got a CD in the CD player and the eject mechanism is broken. And it's just nothing like and German it's just music. German polka music. It's just brass music. You just <laughs> fire up the little Twingo <laughs> and hopefully it just says like, Merci Twingo as and it then, fires up. And, and then, then it's like the episode where James May to drive the entire polka band in the back of the 190. The rear suspension is coping well <laughs> just on the ground the bmw is best because it's from bavaria like us oh it's nepotism <laughs> it's just nepotism yep <laughs> so uh, back in the good old these days are of, these uh, are better than american cars oh yeah absolutely. we don't we don't get anything that i mean good. i don't like the little eyelashes that are on it but that's just that particular one right Somebody i know not actually all of them have that and that is an actual factory that was a special edition. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. They gave it a little face. I think it was a later model one, to be honest. Yeah, well, it definitely wasn't like a 92 or a 93 or whatever the first year was, because the headlights looked a lot different. Yeah, much like had... that one-piece lens yeah. thing, and this one was definitely, it looked like, that one probably isn't even import eligible. No, no, 100% not. No. Because I think we're still limited they to the did, They did that, if one. I'm not mistaken, they did that in 1998. I was going to say, I was going to yeah. say, that was probably a 98 or 99 there, but I don't know. Anyway, go buy a Twingo, but yes. don't tell anyone about it. It's like Pozzaluna. You go to it and you're stoked about it, but you don't tell anyone else you about it. You give people the wrong date. Exactly. So Pozzaluna has you... had its date announced now. That we're not telling you. Nope. It's probably sometime in September. Oh, wait. It's probably fine. Piss Chug's moved. Is he fully moved now? I don't know. He's not he going to be here He doesn't have an Italian that. car. It doesn't matter. Yeah, screw that guy. Anyway, yeah. it's sometime in June. I can't remember, but it's it's awesome. If you're in Minnesota, you need to go to it. I really love how like a solid portion of this podcast is based on spite of one person. There's somebody yeah. that we both mutually, absolutely, objectively it's hate. It's not just us. Well, we are the two hosts <clears throat> that are true. on at this exact moment in time. Do you know who else I hate? Um, Mary Barra. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Actually... <laughs> Pretty topical. So, as we know, a couple of unnamed large domestic auto manufacturers decided it would be a great idea to can all of their cars except for the pony cars. Yeah, and then they uh, immediately paid the price for that. Right, by giving Hyundai Kia a ton of very sedan-interested millennials a new outlet. So, the this story, again, really hard to find coverage on, but I think it oh. was... NPR actually had a really good thing on this, but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, go to NPR. But anyway, I think this was yesterday. Yes, yesterday, the last Impala rolled off the Michigan assembly line. I believe that was the last non-pony car. Yes, that would be. To roll off the line. Because I, uh, I know they make them in, like, Asia, but that's not for us. Right. So. Yeah, the, the U.S. market car is the ones that they decided to can for bad reasons. They're finally gone. So... It's pretty faulty, in my opinion. Um, I'm not, you know, a huge fan of the Impala, but the fact that, I mean, it's still sold. A lot of other cars that were based on it, like the uh, Buick LaCrosse and the CT6, are now gone because of it, too. So uh, trying to cash in on that CUV market is just silly, especially when you unintentionally alienate a ever-increasing demographic that is looking for a sedan, which we covered a couple of months ago. 
Yeah. When uh, we touched they, on the Hyundai Kia no, this thing. Is, this, is, this is why GM needed a bailout, and they're doing it again. Like, yeah. They are completely disconnected from reality. They operate solely from corporate bean counters that don't actually ask people what they want. They mm-hmm. look at numbers. Yep. I'm like, well, these sold well. Yeah. Let's and, do only that. And so th- this is the thing. This is kind of like Carbitrage's whole, like, I'm always, like, when I write the blog, as far as, like, auction buying news and stuff like that and, like, giving mm-hmm. car advice, like, yes, numbers play a role. Like, I'm not going to tell you to go out and buy a Cadillac Elante because I think that the 90s nostalgia is cool. Don't do that. That's a bad decision. Especially a pre-North Star one. Yeah. That's a really bad decision. But, like, I'm also not going to say, I'm not going to say, like, oh, the car you need to buy right now is a C5 Corvette. Because there's a bunch of people that are interested in LSs. No, I'm going to give you advice because when you make a decision about cars, Mm -hmm. not only are the numbers important, but you also have to look at the what people's mindset is actually like, something that's not numbers-related. Well, and you can't look at the past and present alone. You have to also predict future. The future, yes. So, I mean, there there are trends out there. Like, it, it's not... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's not a secret. No, it's... That the sedan demand is higher than it has been for the last, like, five years. Yeah, that's true. And it's also not a secret that more people are actively looking for manuals than they were mm-hmm. ten years ago. That's true. More people are actively looking for smaller cars than they were five years ago. It's just surprising with fuel costs being so low. But people are moving into the cities where, like, yeah, you can, like, I could easily get by driving a 77 Continental from fuel cost. That's not a problem. Right. My issue is parking said 77 Continental. (laughs) As the owner of a new electric 77 Lincoln Continental, I agree. Like... It, my van is borderline too big because there's several parking spots. Like, almost every night. Your van is small. Yeah. Almost every night when I'm trying to go out, like, go to dinner with Jana or something or go out into the city, I'm looking for a payroll parking spot. I find a spot that's questionably the size of my van where I could park the van with some stress. Or if I had a smaller car, like my 91 Civic, which would inevitably get stolen, mm-hmm. or Mirage or a Twingo. I'd be able to park it without a or problem. Or a Fiat 500. Yeah, or even like a Mark IV Golf, for that matter. I could park it without a problem. But if I'm dealing with, say, a Chevy Trax, which is about the size of a Mark IV Golf, but now it's much taller, yeah, and it's got weird angles on everything, I don't have the same depth of field in that vehicle that I have parking a smaller vehicle don't like worry. a Mark IV. It has a mandated backup camera installed on it which i'm sure has a one and a half inch screen in the rearview mirror yeah like janna's janna's mom has the worst backup camera like whenever i have to go over to her house because it's a compliance thing i mean it's the backup camera is like the screen on my phone looking at say this camera that's loading up right here Mm -hmm. now that's literally what it's like it's actually about that far away and that big I know. Like, we have some, like, base model Chevy work trucks, like 2,500 short box regular cabs. And they're awful. They have that. It's in the rearview mirror, and it's, a, it's like a two-inch LCD in there. I'm like, this is worthless. Like, this is only here because after 2012, it was mandated. Because some dumbass kid laid in, down and behind his dad's car. Like, right. You know, in the 70s, they just run over the kid and say, hmm. Wow. Shouldn't have been there. I should have been. I, I, yeah, I should have told my kid not to do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't need, not everybody needs a backup camera. You're guess, fine. Guess I'll make another one. To be fair, actually, 
I do kind of like some backup cameras. It does make my life a little bit easier. The, I will say the around view top down camera thing that's on some cars. I really that's enjoy pretty that. great. That's pretty cool. And to be mm-hmm. honest, with parallel parking, if I did have a backup camera on, like even my ninety one Civic, that would have saved several. And a bigger car is very helpful. Um, I do use it in the Model S to park very closely to people, but if I, would, I didn't have it, it would be okay. I would use it on like a small car like a Mirage, just so I can abuse how small this car is even more. <laughs> exactly. And be like, 500. this is a half parking spot. This is happening. I'm pretty like, sure I can fit in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I did it all the time in Texas when we rented that 500E. Like we were you're hopping just like, around venue to venue, and oh, there's always a spot where you can cram a 500 that nothing else can fit. Yeah, exactly. Like just the world's <clears> small. And that's because in Texas, turn, but it's because every single person in Texas drives a Ram 3500 dually long box mega cab. Yep. Like, yes. just the longest house of a vehicle you've ever seen in your life. It's as long like as your garage door. F- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you oh. could not park it across. There's no garage, garage made yeah, where you no. could fit that particular vehicle. It's I'm ridiculous. Sure, so. um, hey, speaking of ridiculous vehicles, mm-hmm. um, Geneva may have been canceled, but Amelia Island has not. And that's coming up this spring, uh, March 5th through 7th, actually. So, like, Is that, quite literally that's next Florida, week. Florida, right? Yes, that's in Florida. So, Amelia Island, um, I... Do we actually want to go to this? Because uh, not this year, obviously, because the auto show and the Minneapolis auto show is much better this year because we're going to be at exactly. it. Exactly. Um, Probably the best year. Yes, it'll be the best year of the Minneapolis auto show thus far. Um, Twin also, Cities auto show, I should say. A, uh, a really good concourse in Arizona. I forget the name of it. Scottsdale. No, it's auto auction. It has some other name. It has like a lake in it. Lake Tahoe? Uh, I'll Google it while you keep But going. anyway... Um, Amelia Island is really good. It's like easily second to um, Monterey Car Week, from what everybody says. So I, I do really want to go to that um, concourse in the hills. Okay. So Haggerty, uh, they did a list of the eight most expensive cars that are going to be crossing the block in Amelia Island. Um, so I'm excited for this one because actually one of these cars is now on my short list. It's a car I did not think would be on my short list for my one of my favorite pre-war cars. Um, it is the Bugatti Type 57 by Della 10. Thank you. It is absolutely gorgeous. It has a hand circle milled firewall. Oh, like engine turned? Like, like you know, how you, with a you take like the little like grinder, you grind the little circles. Yeah, it's called engine turning. I yeah, don't engine turning. But yeah, so it's got a hand engine turned firewall. It's got a turned uh, valve uh, valve covers and engine block. <laughs> It is beautiful. So it is I'm guessing it's an art. aluminum block if it's been yes. turned. Uh, I don't know. It well, must I mean, be. The Type Thirty Five was aluminum. So yeah, because yeah. So the this Bugatti uh, Fifty Seven, if I'm not mistaken, it uses. Oh, God a, damn it! It uses a Type Thirty Five. Um, inline in, Eight. Yeah, inline Eight. Oh, that's cool. So here, what I'm going to do here, um, I'm just going to send you the link. Okay. On the notes. Sorry, the computer's being extremely slow right now. It's very that's upset fine. with me. We've got time. But. Um, <clears throat> If you take a look at that, you'll actually see the cars. And this is like, you can click on the uh, links that are in the cars. And wow, really? Like, this is just beside itself. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put it up when it shows up. But so far, I bet you probably type in www.haggerty.com and then click on the articles and vehicles tab and then get to this before my computer just loads that up. But so we got to type 57 Cabriolet. Uh, entertainment. And then all articles and vehicle or videos right there. 
All right, let's go back to the notes. So- <laughs> it's not there yet. Okay. All right, so back anyway, to capture. Thank you. And so this is the Type 57. Now, if you actually click on light to- lot 241, you can go through the photos on this. This car is gorgeous. Yeah, you can probably click. Oh, right there. That, that'll give you a picture of the engine bay. You just click the individual photos. Uh, oh, shit. Is this not the one I was thinking of? Oh, well. I like the heat shields on top of the camera. This is not the, the one uh, I was thinking of because I was looking at a different car. It must have been. Huh. Um, oh, yeah. They also have the six classic Bugattis going for big bucks. That's where it was from. But anyway, this one, super nice. Uh, it's expected to go for $1.5 to $2 million. So that's cool. I will never afford that. Yeah, no. Um, but it's also Belgian. I mean, that rear end looks quite good. I, it looks like somebody that had, uh, the, like the old timey tuxedos or whatever that had like the penguin, king, penguin butt or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. Called, um, whatever there's buttons on yeah, them and it looks tails. dumb. I, I like do like that. the thermostatic louvers on the, uh, whoever decided that putting gigantic thermostatic mechanisms in the radiator grill instead of using a wax thermostat. Is just the level of autism that I cannot even fathom. Rolls Royce. You can thank Rolls Royce for that, and that looks amazing. I am a huge fan of it. Uh, I just—it looks so much it's cooler. Engineering around a problem. It's like the Porsche 911. It looks so much cooler than like doing it pro- than doing it normally. I just really love that. Um, no, this car's got a bunch of really cool details on it. That's I love this thing. It's so cool. Um, I mean, it's it's clearly very in nice condition, I'll say. Very nice condition. It's got all the really cool It's got some crazing in the paint. So if you... It's uh, only almost 100 years old, though, so... Yeah, I mean, in this original paint, too, so it's like, you know, paint was crappy back then. Yeah, it was also be- literally before... This, like, lived through World War II and stayed in Europe during World War II. Without it didn't get blown- bombed once. Yeah, it didn't get blown up or stolen. Like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> What was the term in the war? It wasn't stolen. It was like requisitioned or yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. It, was like, it wasn't requisitioned by the Nazis. Um, <laughs> Earmarked, requisitioned. Yeah, exactly. Okay, the dial. So cool. the second... Uh, oh, that's very cool. Multi, um, it's like an IS-300. It is, yeah. It's a chronograph dial. It's got multi-function. That's super red. It's like a clock. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oil pressure, clock, and amperes. It's really cool. <laughs> Gotta love that car so much. Anyway... So that oh, one's um, expected to go for $1.5 to $2 million. There's also a uh, very exceedingly beige Ferrari 330 GTS. I'll <laughs> <laughs> like say the beige probably makes that more interesting. It's, it's a garlic. I didn't care about it until I saw the color. I'm if like, you're not getting Rosso Corsa, you have to go for something retarded. <laughs> like, I would beige, like, then, dude. Like, hearing aid color, it actually. Is, if you actually go back to the, the, car the, go back to the Haggerty article, and you'll see the... Uh, you scroll down to the next car in this list. Like it, it is hearing aid beige. <laughs> it's quite wow. beige. Yeah, it's it's beiger than desert sand mica. Somebody sure. somebody had mm, yes. Somebody was going to a Ferrari dealership when they're making their best cars. They're like, I would like what what is the what is your current car you're making? They're like the three thirty. Like okay, what colors is available? And they go well red, Rosso Corsa, also red, yellow, black. Silver, white. He goes, how about beige? Can and you match this color? And they're like, no, we don't make that. He goes, can you match my Lincoln outside? And they go, I mean, I or guess. Or tweed jacket. Yeah. They're like, I guess. And he goes, 
here's the paint code. And then they made it. <laughs> they were very mad because it was a Ford product. <laughs> and now it's probably worth more because of it. Uh, yeah, it is. It's actually at one point it's a $2.2 million. Um, it was, uh, the color is, uh, oh my God, no. Somebody repainted it to this color. Oh no, what color was it? It was originally uh, Grigio Fumo gray. Okay. And now that's Oro Chicaro, which is light gold. Yeah, I was so going to say, Oro is gold. Even more of a flex, somebody bought a very nice Ferrari <laughs> and said, I want to ruin it. <laughs> it's better than had it been Rosso Corsa, I guess. Like, this is wonderful. I wonder what year they repainted it. Uh, 2012. Oh my God. <laughs> like, it's already worth a lot of money when they did that. They're like, I. They must have been getting ready for a divorce or something. And they're like, <laughs> Shit, I need to make this asset worth a lot less money. Like, <laughs> I really want to keep it. I really want to know the story of why... Plato sets a vinyl wrap. Why somebody was possessed to paint this car this color. That's quite poorly now that I know that. Like, I really... I'm more excited to know why. It's like, it's like when you watch like... It must it, have been a collection thing where all the cars were the same color or something. It's salt and Brunei or some weird... Yeah, like, I wanted to match the sand in yeah. which I live. Like, the, it's like watching a true crime documentary. You're like, why'd he do it, though? Like, that's what, what was I the motive? Know. Yeah, what, what was the motive <laughs> behind this? If like, you put that car and its history on true crime, I'll watch it. Yeah, like, I actually want to know why this was done to this car. Um, Poor thing. Speaking of other very... Awful looking cars. Mm -hmm. um, if you go below that, there's I've never seen one for sale, but the Lamborghini Centenario. Yeah, that. Ugh. At least when they did like the Sesto Elemento, that thing was cool. It yeah. had a lot of cues that were coming up in the Huracan and it was very very hardcore. This is just a Huracan that somebody like tried to put a Rocket Bunny kit on or something. Well, it's got a V12. I mean, great, but it's a Audi V12. It's not. a Lamborghini yeah, it's not the Bizzarini engine. Yeah. I'm actually going to bring up a Sesto Elemento. This, because uh, I think that was like the last hurrah of the Gallardo chassis before they went Huracan. And I think this is kind of... That's a, a very cool car. It's a... Yeah, see, the Sesto Elemento is actually pretty sweet. It, you see a lot of Huracan influence. Yeah. It, yeah, the, yeah, Huracan totally came out of that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, the Lamborghini, whatever it is, the, uh, the Centenario... Uh, whoops! It goes 220 miles an hour. I don't care. It I accidentally closed the tab that had the thing you're talking about. Oh no! Um, but anyway, it was uh, it was supposed to uh, commemorate Ferruccio <clears throat> Lamborghini's hundredth birthday. There we go. Here's this garbage pile. And uh, I'm sure he's rolling over in his grave over that because that car looks terrible. It's got like white walls on it. Oh my god! Why? It does. Why would you ever do that? That car looks awful. Oh, here, I clicked one However, more thing, and there's an F60 here. The next car that's on the chopping block will be selling for more than that because it's a superior vehicle. Is it Ferrari Enzo? Or Enzo Ferrari, whatever you want to it's call it. It's a Ferrari Enzo. Thank you. Uh, because Enzo Ferrari is a person. Yes. And I call this the F60 because it's easier. It's an F60. <laughs> um, 2.75 to $3 million. These That's, have not appreciated as much as I thought they would have. They've also not depreciated at all. Unlike, well, unlike the F50, which did depreciate. Because that was vastly inferior to the F40. But then you go look at the MC12, which was built on this chassis. And those are worth a ton. Of yeah, money. well, because more people were excited about this than the MC12. Yeah, and they probably sold more than this. On it. They sold way more Enzos. MC12s yeah. were very rare. And that's the thing is, I would take the fat suit. Over oh, this. yeah, because it was actually more comfortable. 
Well, and it's just, I like the way it looks more. Yeah, the, the extended boat tail back and, like, the weird adaptation of the coupe front end. I mean... It's a, it's a, just a very 2000s car. Like, this is the 2000s at its finest. So, like, you know, I love the uh, 25th Anniversary Edition Countach because I, yeah, of it's so what 80s. it is. This is the 25th Anniversary Edition Countach of the 2000s. Like, this mean, is, look how sedate the Carrera GT looks next to it. Yeah, like, this is <laughs> awesome. Like, it's got a big, stupid wing on it. It's got overly complicated wheels that did not age well. It's got just weird lines on it. Like, it's too smooth in places and too angular. And others. This is very 2000s. I love mm-hmm. it. Like, yeah, I get it. This is like the final evolution of the CLK GTR. Yes, this is what that... That's that birthed exactly it and this saw it out. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> very cool. I do like the MC12 a lot, though. Well, if you want to see the... So this is easily the coolest supercar of the 20... Of the 2000s, though. I mean... The F60? The, the, no, the, the, the Maserati that was based out. The, the MC12. Yeah, the MC12. Thank you. Um, however, the coolest car of the 19-teens is below it. God damn it. <laughs> this one's selling for between $2.7 and $3.5 million. What is it? It is a 1914 Rolls-Royce 40-50 horsepower Silver Ghost Torpedo Phaeton. That's all one word. <laughs> Why does it have two horsepower ratings in the title of the car? It is a 40-horsepower chassis with a 50-horsepower engine. I appreciate that you at least know the answer behind the dumb question I'm asking, but <laughs> no, that's I, I had also to, resent it. I had to know that because I'm like, why are people so excited about this like 50 slash 150? And I go, oh, because they put a 150 horsepower engine in a 50 horsepower car. That's super cool. So anyway, oh, thanks, Google Chrome. You crashed. Um, anyway, what's, this will make you feel better is this 1952 Jaguar C-Type is actually That's pretty worth pretty. more than the Rolls-Royce, even though that Rolls-Royce is very cool and won the 2015 Pebble Beach Concourse d'Elegance. Now, did this car have the XK engine? Yes, it did. 120 engine, wow. yes. Wow, so it had that big inline six that went until 92. What? That was the same engine? The XK straight six? It's yeah. Bananas. Basically anyway. the same engine from the early 50s to 92. It went 137 miles an hour. <laughs> That's uh, terrifying. 1954. <laughs> 53, sorry. Um, this particular car did, actually, wow. which is very oh, cool. Oh, okay. That's why it's going to be worth X Skip Bar- into yeah. the seven digits. Previously owned by Skip Barber. Nice. Um, very cool, cool car. Uh, the... Uh, I think it was, this also also was previously William Lyons' car. I don't know who that no. is. He was the chief engineer at Jaguar. Um, oh, no, it no, wasn't. No. It wasn't. Ah, no. I shouldn't hit that button. It was actually sold to a uh, a Air Force commander, Jack Rutherford. That sounds it, familiar, but it shouldn't. No, but anyway, very cool car. However, a much better vehicle selling for it for more than it. Um, for s- between six point five. And $9.5 million is a Bugatti Type 55. So this is... I do like the wheels on those. So the Bugatti Type 35, right? Uh-huh. That's the Ferrari Enzo of the 1930s, right? Is this the MC12? This is the MC12. This is the luxury version. So it's, it's just got... like a civilian body put on top of a race car then, or what? Yes. Okay. And this was the car, if you wanted the flags, <laughs> if there were wrappers in <laughs> 1930, this... Well, yeah. If, this is what, like, big band musician why musicians would be after like this is their flex car so gotcha. they'd be have, standing on the hood doing their rap video yeah okay. do it like playing their trombone <laughs> 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 oh, i 
did a trumpet, yeah. It's like Charlie Chaplin's in the back dancing. Did and... this have rumble seats so you could put a whole brass <laughs> brass ensemble in it and go oh. down the road flexing on people with your inline eight? It <clears throat> didn't, but I wish it did. However, Custom, then. what it does have, which is better, is a 2.3 liter supercharged inline eight. And it's a, like a billet aluminum inline eight. Very too. sexy engine. It's yes. a very sexy engine. We showed uh, you pictures of the one in the Type 35 I took down at the, the revs. And so the one in the... Yeah, so that one is actually the single cam. This would be a twin cam version. Um, oh, interesting. I didn't know they changed the head on them. But now to come yeah, to think of it, the that first one, one we That first at, one I showed you, yeah. The twin cams they put <clears> in the 30s era cars. And usually they, hmm. they had smaller displacement to get into... Uh, Grand Prix rolls at that point, yeah, yeah, for class. So I put in the dual rear cam head, but yeah, that one would have the dual rear cam head. Um, however, even more expensive than that, um, excuse me, was is this 1958 Ferrari 250 uh, GT long wheelbase California Spider? Holy crap! So this is a California. Does that mean that entire hardtop folds back into the back of the car? I think it's a removable hardtop, like on a Mercedes SL. But California's always meant. Retractable. I don't think it would be a retractable hardtop because maybe the, not, but you know, in the fifties, Ford had the retract, which was but the, the, one the Ford one piece retractable was the first time anybody had done that oh, okay. a, after the Peugeot uh, Eclipse. I'm just reading real quick, which I hate doing, but <laughs> it's a very cool car. Skagley Eddie body work, so you know it's gonna be the best. Um, yeah, I don't know if that was for those of you who are from like, like the drive cartel sort of demographic that don't really follow classic Ferraris, which I don't blame you. Like, it's kind of a weird niche thing to get into, and you're never going to afford one or see one. Neither will I, so here we are. <laughs> Unless you um, go to Pozzaluna. Yeah, they can just look at them. I like looking at them. I, I look at them like art. Um, Scaglietti was basically... That was shorthand for this is going to be the most expensive version, because Scaglietti made... Scaglietti. This is a G. Yeah, it's silent in Italian. Scaglietti? Scaglietti. Well, listen, I drove a Honda. <laughs> um... <laughs> Listen, freak, all right? Listen, I don't have your kind of bourgeois caviar for breakfast Yeah, but it's money. like somebody saying Kukoska, like Hokukuska. Oh, oh, it's so now it's like when I, when, I, um, when I correct rich people about Japanese cars. Yes, it's just like Oh, that. by the way, oh, nothing no. gives you a bigger heart on doing that. Um, but anyway, so this. Wow. <laughs> so Scaglietti, uh, shorthand you. for the. If the you, sauce. Yeah, it's the sauce. If you are looking <laughs> through like a bunch of listings that you, like you're not seeing photos or something, you look at the Scaglietti, go look at that car. It one's most likely going to be the most attractive. The Vignali is going to be the one that's probably the most affordable and definitely the weirdest looking one. Hmm. And then Pininfarina is like the normal one. So. Gotcha. But yeah, Scaglietti, I'm a big fan of. That 250 uh, Breadbox car, the most expensive vehicle ever sold at auction, was yeah. a 250 Scaglietti. It's uh, also a long wheelbase, which was so weird. So, yeah, what's weird is seeing a long wheelbase California Spider, which is really weird. And then on top of it, put a Scaglietti body on it. It's just like, a, what the hell is going on the here? The LWB cars, I think, look way better. They do. And so this one at 9 to $11 million. Um, that front end is very 1960s. It's very avant-garde for 1958. Yes, it is. Yeah, it, this was when they were really moving into the, the 60s style. I like the 50s style more. I don't like the rear end, the haunches. I don't. I don't dig on this thing. But the rest of it, yeah, I'm in agreement. 
the the haunches I'm, I'm i'm okay with that but it's just i really like the i like the complex curve of the fog light bezel on the earlier 50s ones okay because they have one it circle and then it curves like this and then it curves like that I'm confused and I can see your hands. I can't even imagine what our audio listeners are thinking right now. If you take like a bowl, like, okay. a, like a soup bowl, and sure. you cut the bottom off of it, okay, and then you curve that whole bowl like at a 45 degree convex angle, oh. that's it's a really Ugh. it's a really weird shape. And I would I do not. I mean, that's I pity, like, that's I like pity, cutting a torrid in half. I <clears throat> I pity the person that had to actually hand make that part. Don't worry, I'm sure none of them were even close to matching. Uh, no, I'm confident none of them are. <laughs> let's be honest. This is the era in which nothing matched. No, this. Well, I mean that that was through the '80s because as awesome likes to tell people, when he received his Countach, he had a bunch of flathead screws and then some Phillips head screws and a Torx screw. Because it's like a modern BMW. They they ran out of bolts mm-hmm. while making his car. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, we'll, we're going to try and follow up. Um, with this list of cars. See what they actually sold and see for. what they actually sold for. Because Amelia Island, that's your bellwether for the upper end of the market. Um, just as, like, Scottsdale is a bellwether for the market as a whole, Amelia Island is, this is probably how it's going to go for the rest of the year for the upper levels of the market. I'll have to look into this one, too. This is what it was called, Con- Conqueror in the Hills. Okay. This is the Arizona one that uh, a lot of people at the happy hour last night here actually just came from. Okay. Um, but yeah, Amelia Island's very well known and for a reason. It's also, you know, Monterey, that, that one we're a little more familiar with. But Concord is cool. Yeah, I. Um, people who hate parking lot shows probably won't be as likely to love Concord, but I mean, seeing something oh, that's is just it, in is immaculate a, condition. Is that a parking lot show? Well, no, but you. Okay, so anytime you. Somebody on Facebook, let's say sees a upcoming car show they're either like autocross track guy or they're a parking lot show guy yeah for me like i like spectating both but a lot of people are very polar on that kind of thing yes and I, I get the impression that the autocross track people are not as interested in going to a concord event yeah i mean i get yeah that that's a fact just because those sort of people are they're not going to appreciate it because they they like actually using the car versus looking at it and Right. I, They're under the impression that all cars need to be moving at all times. Yeah, no. And so this is the thing. If I'm looking at an Evo, yeah, that better be on a track. Mm-hmm. If I'm looking at, like, a Bugatti Type 57C Stelvio by Gangloff, that one I'm going to want to look at. As long as there are a representative sample of cars that are in safekeeping doing things like Concours, I also hope there are ones in bad condition being driven. Yes. That's why every time I see a Type 35, like... <laughs> On the edge of rolling over, going around the corkscrew, I get extremely excited. Goodwood. What? <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. It would be worth going to the historics just to see the Type 35 and the uh, Duncan Pitaways S75. Uh, and you can't forget the Duroc 200 horsepower. Oh, I don't care about the Duroc. That guy drifts his 120-year-old yeah, car. Yeah, I get it, but I, I really... The, the balls on the Bugatti guy. Like, he was he was trashing a lot of modern times. And a <laughs> with, car with bicycle bias plies on it. Worth And, and well like, a million-dollar engine. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, and a roller-bearing crankshaft, so it will blow up at exactly 5,000 miles. Yeah, that, that, do, do, that's, do, what do, do. that's what you're getting. Um, by the way, beautiful that car name I rattled off, that was actually the one I was thinking of. With the, Which one? The... 
1939 Bugatti Type 35 or Type 55 Stelvio by Gangloff. Mm. Holy crap. <laughs> it's like the 40 slash 50 horsepower, whatever the hell. Yeah. Type whatever. Also, I really appreciate cars with super long names. I think we've kind of established that because that was a big thing in the, in the 80s. Yeah. In like, Japan. The uh, Nissan Gloria Brogan Super Selection Touring 2 Turbo. <laughs> like, that one's awesome. <laughs> See, those companies did it right. It's not like the BMW MX Drive X60i X6 M Sport. It's just num- alpha, alpha numerical soup. It's all relating to bad things. Whereas those, it's like, oh, that's cute. That's a K car with a turbo. Neat. So... <laughs> Oh my god, my what? computer is... Oh, I was just trying fine. to control V, because it is, without a doubt, the most beautiful engine bay. But, uh, yeah, we should... Um, Wait, wasn't that at the top of n- the Haggerty page? No, it, th- that was the the one I mistook that car for. That was oh, the one I was talking about. Oh, I gotcha. So if we actually go up, it'll be right there, six classic Bugattis. Um, Fetching the big bucks. And then just scroll down to see the word Gangloff. It's, it sticks out. That one. Okay, so this one looks a lot like the first one, but you're it's gonna, got a different you're gonna, top one on second, it. Oh. You're, you're actually want to go to the actual Sotheby's page. Man, this is a lot of work. Yeah, click on right there. This, they, is, this is dumb. Uh, yeah, it's really dumb because they change where they put everything every single time. Uh, there we go. Oh, yeah. So the heat Look shields on this one are turned. I don't see it on the block, though. Look at the head. Oh, yeah. Those are the heat shields. There's a, oh, I guess the block isn't. Shoot. But yeah, so then you got the heat shields, you have the timing covers, you have the firewall. This that, is a beautiful engine. That other one we looked at was not supercharged. This one is also... Does an, this have methanol injection? I No, I think it's just... Is that boost? Line. Oh, boost reference for the carburetor, I bet. Okay. That's airlines. It's also the original interior. Yeah, I'm just looking at the engine bay, though. Yeah. This is straight eight. Oh, it's beautiful. Straight eights are the greatest thing ever. That's true. I've been watching a series of uh, Haggerty rebuilds on Yes, there. I have too. Man. <laughs> I think needed eight sleeves. <laughs> no, he didn't. Need and they it. smash one of the sleeves, pushing it in, too. Oh, how, how disheartening would that be to just break a sleeve as a, it's halfway into your 1951 Buick straight eight? Oh. And then on top of that, it's a three-main engine. Is it? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. It's a four-cylinder main. It's a four-cylinder with no supporting mains, basically. Oof. Times two. Oof. Yeah, that's why they didn't oh, last Oh, my God. Um, wow. <laughs> oh wow that's that should have nine mains and it, it totally three. i think it'd be really cool if there was somebody in the world that was like per sang and would go through these vintage engines and like keep them vintage looking but just do like there's, modern there's internals. no way you couldn't keep that the same physical dimensions on the outside and make a new crank and block. there was um motor city flatheads where they were trying to do that where they're trying to do a webbed block with like modern main construction dude, the dude do... died before he <gasps> finished it a five main flathead would be epic it was super cool one of those yeah. of ardens you could make 700 horsepower easily yeah it'd be really rad oh um man flatheads are neat they are see i'm glad you're understanding the cool things that happened before World War II. I'm not even going to hit the bell that time. Yeah, because there is plenty, and you know I'm right. <laughs> anyway. The, with, with that in mind, the flatheads that I want are post-war. That's true. They got a lot better in post-war. Yeah, 48 to 53 is the, the golden era for the Ford flathead V8. That so. is correct. An HBA or an EAB. Yeah, you get, you get those. You get 21 stud. Uh, no, it's 21. Yeah, stud, 21 not bolt. Stud, yeah. yeah, not bolt. Yeah, the other ones, I can't remember. They were like seven. The, se- a 17, a 24, and then a 21. 21's better oh, than a 24. So, yeah, very cool. Yeah, so you need to know that when you're buying cylinder heads. 
Yeah, if, uh, if we can now have an entire episode just about flatheads. Oh, no. It'd be really, really bad. I don't want to. <laughs> we'll do it around Back to the 50s. Oh, God. Maybe we'll do it live drunk at, from <laughs> Back to the 50s. Just like just camp out 10 minutes at a time while we'll record next to a flathead, and then we'll move on to a different flathead. Just like in the back, like Chase's <clears throat> uh, Fairlane. Very plastered. He's very plastered. Chase, we're, stop. We're all <clears throat> trying difficultly to idle down a walkway behind somebody in a rascal. <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh, back to the 50s, there are actually more rascals than there are 50s cars at this point. Yeah, more more quadrupeds than there are bipeds. Yes, we'll that's say it. very true. We'll say it that way. Um, so, what about your Tesla? I see a note. Oh, my God. Yeah, I quickly threw this in after we started recording, but I feel like it's worth mentioning. So, I've had the car for exactly a year now. Okay. Put 30,000 miles on it, and I've had now two out-of-order warranty failures. The first one was my rear tailgate automated cinching latch thing, which turned out to be fine, but it needed to be removed, reset, and put back in. Did you try turning it on and off again? I did. <laughs> That's essentially what I did there. Um, then in the process, I found that it was a W211 Mercedes E-Class wagon latch assembly. So I found one of those for $14 and bought it just as a spare. <laughs> and I then I found that. out that the cinching motor is out of a GLK. So that was $21 to find a suitable replacement for that. So I have spares now. That was fine. It's fixed. It's been working fine for over a month. The other failure I just had on Wednesday, in the middle of the day, I get out to my car at the shop, not even at my office. All the door handles present except the driver's side <laughs> one. So on a Model S, when you walk up to the car, all the door handles stick out of it so you can grab it. Driver's side one said, nope. <clears throat> so for a this while. A, the first time I saw it, I go, those are going to break. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing I said. And they do. That, that is going to break immediately. But what will entertain you is how I fixed it in the interim while I wait for my new stainless steel aftermarket gears. Because it's a part in the handle can called I, a paddle gear. Can I just guess? Sure. Did you put in a manual latch from like a 1995 Jetta? <laughs> you know, I didn't. <laughs> But okay. that's a good guess. Had I had one on my person <laughs> at the time, I would have considered it. So these handles, they are steel, chrome-dipped. Yep. Pretty pretty beefy. Oh, cr- actually chrome. They're chrome. Yeah, that's they're chrome actually kind of cool. Uh, a lot of people wrap them in vinyl because they don't like the chrome. I like the chrome. If you're wrapping <clears throat> actual chrome in vinyl, you should just not own that vehicle. Go buy yourself a Mirage. Again, most Tesla owners are just horrible people. So. Like piss drugs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Tesla um, people suck. I'm going to actually say that. Like, you all suck for the that's most fine. part. Yeah, that's, that's cool. So I took two credit cards from my wallet without embossed numbers, and I read online while I was in work that the handle is unlocked when you walk up next to it, but it won't present because the gear is broken. So it means it will allow the handle to extend, but you have to pull it out. But it sits flush with the door skin. So like, okay, I need something that will fit between the door handle and the skin. So I stuffed two credit cards in there and was able to get it propped out enough to slip the card behind it and then I made a loop of clear packaging tape, and I wrapped that around my handle, so now I've got this little like finger door pull, and it works great. It's honestly as good as the factory handle. You know, I'm going to put that down on my list as one of the worst door handles, and the Ferrari 308 still sits undefeated as the best door handle. Uh, is that the, the pillar one on the That's top? That's a really pretty little... Like, it's the one curve on the whole car. Okay, yeah. It's gorgeous. It really doesn't fit the style of that car at all. But it fits in perfectly. I love that. But so either much. way, so I've ordered some... It's a very common problem. Like, if, That's you, if you have a Model S and you've gotten more than 15,000 miles without breaking one of these, wow. Especially if it's a pre-2016. Apparently, they updated the part. That's really stupid. I've had my car for one year. It's been through three of them. Two are under warranty, and one's making really bad noise that hasn't been replaced yet. 
and my rear right door. I am that's not the one so that excited for these cars to completely depreciate into oblivion. I am then... waiting for the big center screen to fail because I have to figure out like what happens then. <laughs> like that's a this big concern. Every single thing that I thought was going to happen on this car is happening, and I'm well, really like, happy. In the that. early '90s, when you got an S Class or a Seven Series that had like power rear seats and all this tech, people were like that's going to break, and it never did. No, it's not the power rear seats. It's the shit that you're using all the time. No, it's the automatic transmission. That's just a completely different thing broke than people were expecting. On the Model S, it's the things that people expected to break that are breaking. <laughs> and it's, it's had a lot of What's going to break on this? Literally everything that you're using. But the drivetrain apparently just won't. So that's good. At least I'll be able to keep driving it. Even if I yeah. don't have nav anymore. Just leave the window down. Let's make the... Speak the general that stuff leaf. doesn't break. That's all off-the-shelf parts for the most part. No, I mean, because you can't get through the door handle, and the door handle will be discontinued, so you're just going to have to, like, jump through the window. Aftermarket's already fixed the doors. Oh, that's good. That's, that's why I bought those stainless steel paddle gears. Because oh. the original ones are, like, cast pot metal or some shit. Yeah, no shit that's going to break. What the hell's that? Especially if you get people that are pretty slam-happy on the doors. Yeah. Like, almost everyone that gets into my car. They're aluminum doors. They're super light. You don't need to slam it. Well, you're used to it. You just go, ah! Yeah. I know. And then you're like, oh, whoops. And then you forget about it. But the next time you do it, ah! Oh, I forget about it. Well, no, it's like at work. So, we have two doors going to the shop. Mm -hmm. There's a main door, which has the world's heaviest little pneumatic closing mechanism. Sure. So you really have to like <laughs> lean into it to make, to make it work. To compensate it's, for the wind. Yeah. It's really funny because like <laughs> there's no wind. It's just like, I'm watching all my technicians struggle every day. The other door a real day is brightener. the other door is a half centimeter of plywood and weighs actually nothing. It weighs less. If that door is made of paper, it'd be, it'd be heavier. It's one of those Menards, like builder grade hollow corridors. It's exactly what that is. Okay. So when you, close the main door into the shop you really have to like manhandle it and close the other door the side door into inventory you literally blast the door through the wall and that this little like the little wood piece that you use to like stop the door so yep. it doesn't close too much that is broken multiple times from people just it's like, I'm amazed the door's held up the door there's also just like a little bit of wood glue around the perimeter and that's it i'm shocked like i'm truly shocked that the thing is not just exploded into a million pieces <laughs> But there's a lot of things that happen at work. I'm just like, really? That's how this works? Like, you should uh, just drill a hole on top and like fill it with epoxy or something so it gets really heavy one day. <laughs> <laughs> People just like, oh. What the, what the hell? What the? Oh. <laughs> I think it'd be funny as hell. Oh, God. That'd be great. <clears throat> um, well, I'm really happy I don't own a Tesla. Um, I was actually... Oh. It's lightly worth it. One other item I'm just going to add on here before we're done with today... Um, speaking of electric cars, I was looking, I had a slight scare with the Mazda because it burns oil, which is not surprising given what happened to the engine earlier this year with like all the oil the injecting oil itself into, yep. the, into the coolant and then fine. running on a quart of oil for like a day. Yeah. Um, so it does burn through a little bit of oil. I, it, two quarts per oil change, which is like. That's quite a bit, but. That's normal Audi burning. Oh yeah, Mercedes, yeah. Yeah, it's normal German car burning at this point, so whatever. <laughs> I can use conventional now. Perfect. Um, <laughs> I was looking at other cars just because my first reaction is I almost have it paid off. I can get an EV now. And I found the cheapest EV in the country is actually a, a Mitsubishi Maiev. Yep. And so <clears throat> I have always wanted one because I love K cars, and it's an actual K car. They look so dumb, though. They are dumb. Uh, they don't just look. They just are. Um, It'd be like was, a do because it am. So I was looking up like just some stuff on it and apparently 
Australia has been inundated with un- unwanted Maevs. Why? Because in Japan, if a car once a car hits five years old, it has a road tax, and once it hits like ten years old, it gets an even higher road tax. And at that point, That's do dumb. you really want your dumb Mitsubishi electric car when you can get literally anything else on Earth that doesn't have this road tax? Yeah. So um, what a lot of people in uh, Australia are doing now—not really a lot, but some people are doing creative people are doing is they found out that these are like the most basic EVs ever, kind of like the Leaf. Mm-hmm. So they're putting in uh, 16850s or 18650s. Uh, yep. <clears throat> that was really good. The vape batteries. The vape batteries. So they're, since they're right next to China, they get like free shipping from China, I guess. They get a whole bunch of these batteries and they 3D print their own battery holders and run coolant through them. Nice. Um, and they... Uh, there's like this guy in like Melbourne or something that's making like custom controllers for these, and so they have like a hot rodding community for these now, that's where people so are putting weird. in really big batteries, and so they go from 16 amp hours to like like 65 amp hours or something, like 64 amp hours. So it is. it's probably kilowatt hours of that. I think these were 16 kilowatt hour. All the things in the forum were saying amp hour. Yeah, that's how BMW mentions okay. it, everything. Europe, it's it's more common to see amp hour, but it so, would be probably like 90 to like 200 or something. But anyway, so they go from like having effectively 65 horsepower, and then when they hot rod these, they can get them like 150, 200-ish horsepower. Mm-hmm. Depending yeah, as on long as it's short duty cycle, you can almost always get a ton more power out yeah, of the motor. Yeah, so, and that's the thing. It's like they're not doing it to like get more speed or more distance out of them because like nobody really wants to be in one of these for much longer than 65 miles um but there's apparently been this thing where people with camaros have been just like driving around in australia and like holding commodores and like muscle cars have been like driving around at like stoplights and this guy this cheeky guy with a flat brimmed hat and a maya oh, no. goes up next to him oh, and no. starts lurching forward <laughs> and the camaro starts lurching forward and the light turns green, the Maya destroys the Camaro. <laughs> I mean, they weigh very little, and so they, 200 horse in that would be pretty quick. Oh, yeah, it would go extremely well. And so, like, they put on, like, wider tires, which, like, literally any tire on Earth would be wider than that, because that's, like, a 155 series tire. Mm-hmm. And they completely destroy these Camaros. And apparently, now there's a drag racing community for okay, my head cool. in Australia. I love that. I think that's my favorite thing in the world that I know of now. That's like, un- unbelievably cute. <laughs> People in Australia are taking these adorable that's EVs. That's not the demographic I would have expected <laughs> to start doing this. Well, I mean, how did hot rodding start? There was a bunch of really cheap V8s. You stuck them in stuff. Like, now you're sticking in I guess, 18650s yeah. from China into a very cheap EV that nobody wants. And, like, the best one in the world is $3,000. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so. if I could find a totaled one of those, I'd consider buying it for a parts car, too. But... Apparently, I really need to get a Leaf. So, yeah, if any of you listeners, if you see a crashed Nissan Leaf anywhere, please forward it to me so I can talk to the owner. So you're looking for a crashed Leaf, and you're looking for a Ford Flathead. You are on both ends of the spectrum here. Yeah, don't worry about (laughs) it. I'm on a spectrum for sure. You're you're like me. Like, I don't care about engines between 3 and 7 liters. Yeah. But uh, everything uh, over that, I'm like... If you care about the middle, (laughs) buy a Gen 4 small block. It's it's been solved for you. Yeah, I don't care. I want something very small or something too big. I'm done doing smart stuff. Like, yeah, everybody's done smart stuff. I want to do stupid things. I want to just do stuff I want to do. Yeah, like, what's the biggest four-cylinder? Like, I want that. What's the... What's can, I, <laughs> can I convert a Cummins 4BT to gas? Like, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> like I like these ideas. 3.9 liter four-cylinder? 
Hi. Mm. Wonderful. Anyway, thank you for listening to us talk in your ear for an hour and ten minutes. Talk at you. Talk at you. Hey, come see us at the auto show on on Saturday. It's the 7th. March 7th. Yeah, it's the 7th. I believe that's Saturday. We don't know what time yet, but just assume that we'll be there at uh, time. Just be there throughout the day. Yeah, just spend the whole day there. And they have beer. Be angry at people. Can we bring Actually, our own beer? Lakes and Legends is right around the corner there. So you can get pretty plastered and then go over there and we'll, just we'll drunk. have media passes, so we might be able to bring like crawlers in or something. Yeah, they they you know like, just drunk harass all the salespeople from like Ford. So anyway, if you come there to see us and we're not currently podcasting, you should have razzed the other podcasters. Yes. That's a good decision. Excellent. Well, thank you for listening. And we will see you in person on the seventh. Thank you. See you next week, guys. Have a great day.